here's a recap of my former episode. I went on an ironic tangent on why transparency is difficult. If you have yet to check it out, it's episode eight: How to Get Inspired and Motivated. With that, I reference findings from Simon Sinek, a visionary thinker, which support starting with the big critical question: Why? For example, why did Apple create the products that they did? What was the motivation behind the creation? I compared and contrasted startups, corporations, and my own projects' strengths and weaknesses to highlight that solid communication of the essence behind any work is what drives inspiration and motivation for a team or an individual. One reason that employees join an organization is for a great work culture and collaborative workplace. But is that enough? While that may get employees to start working there, a solidification of values is fundamental. Even if everyone's a great team player, if their goals don't align, disruption of that collaboration is bound to happen. My story is a clear example of that. I was formerly a teacher. I was doing fulfilling work. But I was doing it in an environment where there was an inconsistency in values. There are many parts to teaching, like creating lesson plans, implementing classroom management, and crafting grading systems. Further complicating things is the fact that in middle school and up, the composition of students likely vary drastically with every period. Understandably, one of the first pieces of advice given to a new teacher is to reach out to more experienced teachers for mentorship. But whose grading style reflects the assumptions and values I have? Whose lesson plans reflect the academic and language levels of my students? I was teaching two grade levels, so which classroom management styles worked for which periods? Was there a teacher who encompassed a combination of all of these values that aligned with mine? No. So as a result, I had six mentors trying to give me advice. The worst part was that none of them were on the same page. Did I get tired and frustrated? You bet I did. I eventually came to the conclusion that the cost of following a mentor teacher outweighed the cost of doing it on my own. Ultimately, I wish I had gotten a glimpse of the work culture beforehand. I wish there had been more transparency of the values, so I wouldn't have burned out. Figure out what's important to you. And surround yourself with people who believe in what you believe in. Take time to do it. After I graduated from college, while everyone was scurrying to job interviews, I was thinking about what mattered to me. I was looking through job listings, but nothing was compelling. I'm pretty sure my career counselor got impatient with me. As a student, I was faced with deadlines. Once I graduated, I told myself that it was time to live at my own pace. I learned the following from my former working experience. Most of us go into an interview thinking we should impress the recruiter, but we really shouldn't. I've been down that path, and all pleasing ever does is take away transparency. You only have so much time to figure out if this job is a right fit for you. Tell them what you're looking for, because it ultimately comes down to whether there's a good match in values. If values don't align, sure you'll get a sweet paycheck for a while, but it'll eventually become a dreading reason why you can't leave the job, even if you really want to. So my advice is that we should stop worrying about pleasing the other side. You found your passion if you answered yes to this question. Would you still do this if nobody paid you to do it? 
But most people don't find their passion. Most people stick with their jobs because it just doesn't seem smart to drop something without having something else lined up. And I can completely understand that. Periods of unemployment or any kind of gap from the norm makes your average social norms abiding citizen nervous. We need a detecting device to test it. If you have found your passion, you will have taken the first step, putting yourself under the microscope. Find out what matters to you. I'm going to share with you how I did it for my latest endeavors. I'm 25, and I know plenty of people who have stopped asking questions and lost their desire to think. And I get it. It probably doesn't help if your workforce or environment doesn't encourage it as much as school once did, or if the work drains you and you're too tired to do it. I've been to that unpleasant place after I graduated from college. I was crippled by wanting to pursue a career, teaching, that was heavily criticized by one of my family members. At the same time, that family member was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was in a very dark and self-centered place, but would snap out of it during episodic periods of consciousness when I could stop thinking about myself and take care of my family. I knew that I didn't have the emotional and mental capacity to dive into a teaching program right after graduating from college. While I could not put it into words, I knew I had a drive for teaching. I needed experience working with kids before applying for a teaching credential program, but I also knew I was not emotionally and mentally ready to take on anything full-time. This family member's constant bitterness stemming from her cancer, insecurities, and unawareness of my mental health drove my self-esteem to the ground. So yes, I understand that having some control over your life and then having absolutely none can be horrifying. Since then, I've been working on stabilizing my relationship with that family member from a distance. For now, it's one of those bonds where things are better when we're apart. Coming out of that dark phase, I have adopted a new attitude of always finding a silver lining in whatever life gives me. Unfortunately, while my former job felt like an inhumane amount of work, I think the biggest problem was that my new perspective on life conflicts with conventional ways of teaching, especially when it comes to classroom management. I know there's some minimum amount of control that I need to have in a classroom as a public school teacher, but my life experiences have shaped me to not be controlling. Additionally, a lack of transparency has hurt me in the past, and so the lesson that I learned from those emotionally scarring events is to try my best to live with transparency and be surrounded by people who are transparent. Kids, generally speaking, are very transparent. However, for me, as a teacher, being transparent was not encouraged. I was strongly recommended to learn the ropes of exerting authority. From observing veteran teachers, I learned that withholding information is one way to exercise fear and therefore exert power. But whenever I tried it in the classroom, I'd be in an awful mood at the end of the day, even if, in the eyes of everyone else, I was doing it right. Since I quit my former teaching job, I've been writing. Actually, problem-solving mode often started with me writing out my problems, even during my job. I really think that writing has amazing effects on emotional and mental health. It has saved me from plenty of disasters in the past, especially when I was consumed with the stigma of mental health. I was always writing either to regain my sanity or optimism for life. 
Throughout middle school, I started journaling, and I did that almost every single day. So I encourage you, if you're seeking for clarity in your mind, write or type. Just put whatever words you have down. I didn't quit my job because I said, I know I have storytelling and audio production skills. And I quit my teaching profession not just because they dumped an unreasonable teaching assignment on me, but there were many parts of the education system where the values just didn't align with mine, eventually turning the day-to-day -day grind unbearable. Since I quit, I've become passionate about so many more topics, like the stigma of mental health and gender gap issues. When I tackle problems that I was a victim of or I can relate to, my work becomes meaningful. Most of the time, I'll learn that I wasn't the only one dealing with these problems, and that's how my mission becomes bigger than myself. And so, problems you have experienced and problems of the world, this is where you can find a sustainable overlap of doing meaningful and fulfilling work. You're now ready to mold a pitch for what you're working on. Remember Simon Sinek's golden circle. Start with why you do what you do, and not the actual product or service itself. I'm ending this season of the podcast soon, so I can make time to pursue writing young adult fiction and working on other projects. I'm going to end this episode with a rough draft of my application of the golden circle. I can relate to underprivileged kids who have trouble fitting in. And that's why I went into teaching, to lift the confidence of those in need. After temporarily closing the door on teaching, I've opened another door, writing. There are a lot more young people who I can reach with a career as an author, and as crazy as it still sounds, because I have a long way to go as a writer, I'm determined to do it. If support for youth fails to be present, the youth will at least have their imaginations, filled with heroes and stories that I have yet to finish. Let me know if you think I did that correctly by sending a message or liking my post. So, what's your story? I'm Ivana, and I'll be back soon with more adventures from A Writer's Journey.